Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the MSRP podcast. I am your host, Jason Lewis Aloise, along with the one and only Robert Binger Bench. Today, we have a little special of an episode for you guys. We're going to actually air the real first episode of the show. So with the second episode, you can hear me saying, oh, welcome to the second episode, because we thought the first episode was bad, but that's okay. We've gotten a lot better Our guests love it. The fans love it. So here it is, the real first episode. Enjoy. It's tough for them to baseball to market their players because all that money goes back to the team. Right. And where I think there's a lot more royalty opportunities in other sports, I think there's so much more opportunity in especially NBA for players to be able to market themselves, have their own brands on their shoes, on their undershirt. You know, Trevor Bauer, another controversy I'm sure we'll get into. He got fined for wearing his own brand shirt under his jersey. So not only allowing players to express themselves, but also to capitalize on themselves in this era of name, image, and likeness. Um, and to that effect, tying in with now we mentioned ownership, I think you see a lot more or a lot less rather of owners getting teams as a passion project and more as an investment vehicle. Right. And that's where I think both of those go hand in hand where it's like, hey, they just need to get their get their money back, make some money and flip the team. Crazy thing. And, you know, you touched on Steph Curry. Just thinking in my head, is there a more likable guy from a public relations standpoint i feel like this guy can kick me in the nuts and it would be i'd be okay with it he just never he always does everything right i mean this guy went to davidson and obviously del curry was his father but he's so likable you know and i feel like the mlb can do a better job of making guys more likable who doesn't like aaron judge who doesn't like mike trout who doesn't you know, they just got to do a better job of, of public relations with these guys and marketing these guys, making them more marketable. I think that also comes from, at least my interpretation of Steph Curry is that he did go to Davidson and he led Davidson through the March Madness at his time there. And his ability has now revolutionized the game, but he right. stays humble about it because he just went to Davidson. He wasn't Duke. He wasn't right. Villanova. He wasn't North Carolina. Uh, so he went from this humble college to the Gold State Warriors taking a chance on him to him capitalizing on that opportunity and them taking a chance. Uh, see, you know, Probably the difference there is you spend so much time on these prospects in the minor leagues talking about how great they're going to be and how established they already are as a brand and giving them the opportunity to say, hey, finally when you get to the league, no, now you're at the bottom. Now you got to start back up. It's tough. I mean, they, they become likable because I think Aaron Judge and Mike Trout are just good, humble people. But some of these guys will get burnt out. And I think some of the guys like Josh Donaldson, who I've never particularly been a fan of since he got in the league. because like just Something as silly as his social media account that he started with was Bringer of Rain. Before you've hit a home run in Major League Baseball, you've already kind of called your shot. I'm going to hit all the home runs. To his credit, he hit, he's a great home run hitter in the league. Against his credit, though, and as we continue to see sometimes his ego is going to get the best of him yeah definitely it it for sure is but you know donaldson to me um i hated the guy couldn't stand him when he was with you know i I feel like he was more humble in oakland because it's oakland uh once he got to toronto it was like you said the bringer of rain and, and this that and the other and he is a guy that is not likable so he's very polarizing. So I can see why people 
are upset with what he said or what he what his intentions were. For instance, let's say Corey Kluber said that to Tim Anderson. I, I think it would be a lot different. When you see those two personalities that already create friction, let's you know be honest. Tim Anderson is no stranger to bench clearing altercations. Fire and yeah, he has a lot of passion. But when those two forces meet, yeah, you're going to have some issues. Like exactly. Brandon Phillips and Yadier Molina. Uh, but for the you know NL Central rivalries, got those two personalities going against each other. It's going to cause some friction. It's going to cause some issues. Um, now, I think this is kind of one of those things just for the voice of the podcast. Like, obviously, we don't want to stray too much into no. you. Like, you know, I think for the politics and the polarization of having to pick a side. But it's just you, we're still going to have to address it because it's sports and these are real people. But unfortunately, that's just the world that we live in today where um, politics is almost everything. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. Not going to go too much farther into it. We got to have a buzzer. If somebody starts talking about politics, just <laughs> it will buzz them. <laughs> Beat it. I'll just turn your mic off. Yeah, just turn it off. <laughs> we, we're going to have some high profile uh, political people in here that are, know they're only supposed to be talking about sports and food. And, and I think they'll enjoy that. Absolutely. They, they spend their days talking about politics. To me, I like I would like it to be... We get as many people on either side of any conversation and avoid that conversation they usually have. Right. You know, people always ask me, what's your favorite movie? I can never say I have one favorite movie. Hmm. It's not like, you know, I have a top five. All right, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it depends on the night. Depends what, what on the know. night. Like, for hmm. instance, for me, I would say my top five are Godfather. I'm going to go with Rocky. I'm going to go with Tombstone, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I'm going to go with Shawshank and then Gladiator in no specific order. I appreciate Tombstone being in that. Goodfellas, the Rockies, the Shawshanks. Everybody loves those. Is that Kurt Russell's best role ever? As Wyatt Earp? I don't know. I don't know enough Kurt Russell movies. It's before my time to really fairly rank Kurt Russell movies. (laughs) By the way, he has... I don't know if you guys have watched it on Netflix. There is an awesome documentary. It originally aired on ESPN, I believe. uh, The Battered Bastards of Baseball. Did you watch it? I have not. Oh, you got to check it out. It's about a team in Portland that his dad was running, and and he actually played on the team, Kurt Russell himself. And they had such a following in portland you almost think to yourself well why doesn't portland have a team anyways very cool very cool documentary but i will say that tombstone is up there um val kilmer probably his best performance maybe uh, that nice man but you know are we going my my top five now? oh absolutely then we're wow. gonna get mckay's too the top five um i'll definitely start off with top two that okay and i you know call me a hipster or anything that wants to stray away from naming the classics like the goodfellas and godfathers i always try to stray away from that and just give something people's like hey check it out number one is the hurt locker directed by Catherine bigelow very powerful yeah jeremy remmer uh renner sorry i think that was one of his kind of breakout roles that ultimately propelled him to be in the avengers it was great for him it was great for um 
a lot of the guys um anthony mackie was in that as well yeah but all of them had great performances number two which i've never heard anybody else say except for myself is the prestige with hugh jackman and christian bale uh i thought that was just a great cast it was a more original movie and it had great cinematics to me so and who was the who was the actress in it was it selma hayek uh scarlett johansson scarlett see yeah i gotta watch that i, I saw it a long long time ago yeah but- was, yeah christian bale hugh jackman scarlett johansson and michael kane I was gonna say Keaton. Michael Caine. That guy lives forever. That guy could. <laughs> that guy could read me to bed every single night, and I'd fall right to sleep. That guy is amazing. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I do have a definitive number one, 61 by Billy Crystal. Did you guys see that movie? Absolutely. Yeah. I did it a long time ago. Yeah. All in my household, me and all my brothers watched that. Um, for Star Wars, it's hard to pick one, so take or pick at any of them. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Mostly yeah. the middle three. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I do like the classics, too. Yeah. I mean, I do have fondness for Revenge of the Sith. Um, definitely Rocky. Rocky is a good one. Which Rocky one? Yeah, Rocky one. I've seen all of them. Shawshank Redemption. And Do you know who wrote Shawshank? It wasn't a based off a Stephen King novel. My man. Yeah. <laughs> and for number five, I'm not a huge movie buff, so it's kind of hard to pick. But uh, probably Black Hawk Down, actually. Okay. Wow. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Those Again, are all I appreciate good. that it's not like it's something that people know about, but it's not like that typical top five you're going for. Yeah. You know, another top five of mine that I, I feel is controversial for me to talk about. Um, well, one I'll say is more topical. I just enjoy as a movie experience. And I, it's unfortunate that the week it came out, the one of the main actors fell into controversy is Baby Driver. So, at, like the week that came out, I was like, "Oh, this is now like one of my favorite movies." John Hamm has a great performance. Jamie Foxx is always brilliant, um, and the one, of course, I'm referring to is Kevin Spacey, who Ooh, is, has a yeah. great performance yeah. in that. But that was like the week that came out. As soon as I was like, "I'm gonna," you know go out and buy this movie and add it to my library it's one of my top favorite movies now got involved in controversy as well he's such a talented actor american beauty he was phenomenal and that's when i went to school that's what i was educated on as far as movies was his performances like that I, but, I, yeah but it was still so strong i like guess it's, it's tough to hear that because it is one of those stories again not trying to talk about too much politics and uh, controversial culture but you know, he when he has a one isolated incident, you kind of hope, okay, one way or another, let's see how this pans out. But right. now, you know, the one leads to another, and more people, whether it's you know the first person to whistle blow, and everybody else comes to comes to the mob. It's it's unfortunate to hear, but it's you know maybe in some ways that it is part of his own hubris, where it's like his talent was also based on his ego, which also thinks you can get away with right. i'm sure that happens to a lot of these celebrities absolutely now, I, i'm thinking to myself like what happens on set when you're let's say you're a co-star in house of cards and the next day you're like well kevin spacey's no longer with us and you're like uh okay that's the star of the show what do we do but it's just it's i, I always wondered that and and i think that um can i can i answer that to an extent yeah i, I know so I have, a, I have a friend that worked in on the crew of house of cards and the moment that they heard that controversy she's just thinking oh no my livelihood yeah and that's really what it comes down to is just the amount of people that are relying on you um at any given time and now you're putting their jobs at risk yeah. So for the crew, it's it's probably devastating news. Now, for what they were able to adapt and continue, great. I I 
don't know if it ever kind of quite caught on as strong. I didn't watch it enough, but me neither. That's no, it's for the knowledge I have of the on crew they were just worried for their jobs for their livelihood for their paycheck because when that show ends now they got to go job hunting again you know on the other side of the token bobby about the good guys this guy literally took care of jamie lynn siegler and robert eiler to make sure that their college was taken care of to make sure that um, you know, they had their money was in the right position and it, money would be made. And so there actually are some good guys in the industry. And it's just unfortunate because there's more bad guys than there is good guys. Um, but I feel like another one of the good guys that we touched on earlier is Kurt Russell, man. I feel like we could take him out for a beer. Anyway. Oh, and we would just have a blast. I don't know what I don't know what time we're coming home if we go out with Kurt. You know what I mean? Do you think he stays out late, or do you think he's he's got his time where he's calling it a night? I'm going to go and say Escape from New York, Kurt Russell. He could probably do a couple all nighters. Uh, Santa Claus, Kurt Russell, that he was in the Netflix movie. We're we're day drinking, Casey, all day every day. I'm sure. That guy is just beyond Energizer Battery. It's just yeah. always going, always hyped up. You kind of have to feel like you need a social buffer just so he's not going to run into you with his energy. Right. He's, he's so much fun. I don't have nothing but great things to say about him through my experiences with him being around the Cincinnati Reds. I went to a certain college on the west coast of Florida that's in a city. I won't say the name of the college. Um, we were in a fraternity, definitely not giving you the name of the fraternity. <laughs> um, but it wasn't, a, this wasn't a college town. Um, this was a, it was like untapped resources where, you know, it was still being established what was hard rock by this college. And, you know, the Yankees had spring training out in, um, on Dale Mabry, so it was, it was very close. They were always there. This is I feel like we're very, we're triangulating your position right now. With hard, <laughs> hard Rock, Yankee Spring Training, College Town. Um, hey, it could, could be get, a private one. It was could this be the geo guessing? <laughs> <laughs> it could be either or. But so uh, there was a casino, like I said, over there, and you know this is a this. My friends who are probably listening are like, dude, it happened, but you know. So, anyways. Um, Derek Jeter was having his birthday party at the Hard Rock. And what happened was it was obviously invite only, but where he had it, it was huge. So you had a club where the peasants went, and then you had the upstairs where Derek Jeter and Michael Jordan were there. So I said, man, I got to somehow get in here. All my buddies are partying down there. I see the line to get into where Derek Jeter's party is. And I walk up to the bouncer with this girl. And uh, we were we were great friends. And I said to him, I said, hey, my uncle told me to come see you. Looks at me. He goes, who the hell is your uncle? I said, listen, my uncle Joe told me uh, to come see you so I can get into the, into the event. He goes... Who the hell is Uncle Joe? I said, listen, my Uncle Joe, my Uncle Joe Tory, told me to come see you and to get me into the vent. And I, it, maybe it was a stroke of luck. Maybe it was just coincidence. The bouncer goes, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your girl with you. So, you know, the girl's with me. I said, yeah. So he bans us. We walk in, and it's like you just walk into the Golden Palace. Be cool. (laughs) I was like, don't do anything crazy. I'm in college, right? So the story gets even crazier. We see Timbaland. We see Jorge Posada. And I noticed these two guys to the right of me who who weren't doing anything. It was just them two. And we got to get one of these guys on to verify the story. Probably the other guy because the other one's a manager now for the Minnesota Twins. But I start talking to Johnny Gomes and Rocco Baldelli. And by the end of the night, they were trying to recruit me to get my Uncle Joe to get them traded to the Yankees. <laughs> Oh boy! And I walked, and I went home that night, uh, probably the next day, and said, "Well, I don't think that's ever going to happen again." It's a wild and crazy story, and and you're going to have wild, crazy stories too. And I'm gonna, we're going to tell a wild and crazy story every week. But it was just so funny that Rocco Baldelli is probably my age at the time, 23, 24. Johnny Gomes is he's got the curly hair, the beard. He's just jazzed up like Sean Casey, and it's funny, man. That's, uh, that sounds like a good time. Totally I, I will say, and, and just on that topic of name dropping, I can honestly say I have never name dropped my dad unless it was like absolutely necessary. When like I had to get into his event and I did not have a ticket and I had to say, well, well, I'm his son. But I never, I, I think my friends have used it more than me is like they said, oh, I'm friends with Johnny Bench's son. I, th- there was one occasion it was... Uh, at his statue dedication at Great American Ballpark, where they were had a whole little, uh, you know, kind of cocktail hour on the field, and then we were going to go up to the banquet center. And the I had just turned twenty one, so I was I still had my ID. But the bartender asked me when I, I ordered a drink. He said, "Can I see your ID?" And that was the one moment. I was like, if I'm ever going to use it at my dad's own statue dedication party, <laughs> I should bust out. And I was like, "Yeah, sure, okay." But before that, similar to your story is, uh, you know, one little quick story that I have kind of getting behind the velvet rope. And I didn't even use my name in this sense. Uh, I was going to a bar in Mount Adams, Cincinnati, which at the time was the the place to be if you're going out for nightlife. And I was underage at the time. And my no. former baby. Oh, no. People go out <laughs> go out when they're underage. Yeah, right. Oh, no. Scandalous. How <laughs> uh, My old babysitter turned drinking buddy uh knew the manager of this bar got me say hey this is uh my old friend bobby bench and he said oh great nice to meet you i want to introduce you to the dj and it's only like 10 steps from the entrance you go through this side door you go up to the stage and the manager walks up to the dj say hey this is bobby bench he's the son of a famous athlete here i just wanted to you know show you some local flavor and this is you know kind of uh someone from our town and the dj goes okay <laughs> it was little john get out of here <laughs> was he cool oh yeah he was he was the best and he's i will say the dave Chappelle impression of him like when he's not screaming out words is mildly accurate as far as him being very cordial and very articulate yeah but i uh, i said oh no, nice to meet you i said mr john i don't know if that's correct or not but, <laughs> <laughs> but i said you know hey you know it's great great to meet you thanks for having me here and uh, i hope you're having a good time he's like yeah like, all right, I'm I'm gonna go home now. I don't even want to drink. I I, got, I snuck into this bar. It's all downhill from here. This is the best possible experience I can have at a bar. I'm going home. <laughs> that is awesome. Look at McKay over there. He's probably like, "What am I getting myself into?" You got any stories, McKay? Come on. Uh, not off the top of my head right now. Oh, just wait. You're hanging with us, man. You're gonna get some stories to tell. Yeah. 
<laughs> so no and and you know guys every single week we're going to try to bring you a really cool story like that bobby has uh, probably way more than i do but i got a few as well and we're gonna you know we're gonna tell you cool stories like that because i don't i don't think you know people really you just see someone on tv and you're like i wonder what that guy does you know for me like i always think like you know, like where does where where does Otani go after the game? Does he have a does he have a beer? Does he does he have what does he eat? What does he do? But you know, that's that's something that we're gonna get. You know, we're gonna do and we're gonna let you guys know about, and you're gonna really get to know people behind the curtain that you normally wouldn't would do because we're not gonna ask the softball questions that are oh tell us about the game now tell us about what you think about what it was back then. We're gonna really get to know the person. Yeah, I think that's, you know, again, part of the podcast, MSRP is what.